You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, so if you're just tuning in, uh, this is Real People OC, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. And I've had the great fortune of doing a multi-part series on the upcoming Fashion Week here in Orange County. I don't know about you, but I love fashion, and I don't get to wear it much anymore because, frankly, I, for the longest time, was wearing what was available in the aisles of Costco because that was all I could get to when I was uh, raising kids. But fashion is really something that should be celebrated, not just because, you know, we want to be seen a certain way or, you know, have our clothes have a certain look, but really, I've learned now that I'm, you know, I'm getting on in my years, and it's more about creativity. And there's just something so important when you're a human that you express your creativity. And fashion is just one of the most accessible ways to do that. And so I'm excited today to bring in somebody to the studio that's participating in Fashion Week. But she's definitely gotten to enjoy a career um, expressing herself creatively uh, from a very young age. She's giggling. Um, at 14 years old, Annabella um, Luen was um, was expressing her musical talents to a great wide audience here um, all over the world um, with uh, her participation in the band Bow Wow Wow. And um, she's going to be performing at Sugar Rush, which is the Saturday night event that is at Lexus of Newport. And that's uh, at, from 6 to 9. So she goes, it's a rather early performance, so don't miss it. <laughs> you know, you're probably used to performing late in the night to those of us that like to be out. On the 28th. Oh, yeah. But we're so excited to have Annabella in the studio with Thank me. You. And I also have station manager uh, Kevin Stockdale with me, helping me out with... Um, with, you know, my usual engineering glitches. You know me, guys. It's my thing. Or not my thing, I guess, is the problem. <laughs> so, Kevin, you have to say hi, too, because... Hello. <laughs> it's nice to have Kevin here, because Kevin actually is a, a, a great fan. I just love that he uh, brought his albums in to get him signed. That was so cute. So, Annabella, thank hi. you for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. It was really nice to have you come down in advance of um, Fashion Week and, mm. and give a little... Um, insight into how important it is in Orange County. Every single one of the designers, including you, uh, devotes a, a significant amount of time to charities, so mm-hmm. that's something we'll get to talk about during the hour. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, um, let's talk a little bit about you and, and uh, what you've been doing for the last 30 years. <laughs> how long is a piece of string is the question. Um, well, as you just mentioned, I, I was I am uh, the lead singer of Bow Wow, well, the original Bow Wow, um, and that had three musicians and myself, the singer, lead singer and uh, songwriter. And um, I started off by auditioning and it was when they had a guy called Malcolm McLaren who was a very famous manager for a band called the Sex Pistols and started the whole punk rock movement. And I auditioned and um, that was when I was still at school so I kind of had to decide whether or not I was going to continue with that because they were asking me to rehearse at night time and I had to get up very early for school the next day and it kind of got very difficult at one point and then I was still living at home of course with my mother and um, it was a pretty difficult period but long story short I very, very fortunately um, I enjoyed singing even from a very young age before I even joined the band so and at that time they didn't have a name um, but Malcolm came up with the name Bow Wow Wow 
um, because we were signed to a label called RCA at the time. They no longer exist, but it was a nipper dog with his master's voice, the old gramophone record on some of the old records of RCA. You'll see that, and that's kind of where he got the idea from. That's what he told me anyway. So I just know that the three and a half years we were together, I think it was actually three years we were together, it was like a roller coaster ride up and down and traveling the world um not as far away as i'd like to have traveled i've never been to do shows in india or even in my part of the world cuz i'm half burmese which is you know you know myanmar now called myanmar um and the far east i've not had the the good fortune to go there yet but i would love to do shows there and also other places like dubai or you know and some more stuff um shows and stuff in those parts of the world so exciting um so i, I want to know you know 14 a, a, an amazingly young age to strike stardom what was that like um, I don't know if I would be called a star because I was really bad at singing. I didn't have any lessons and I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, but what I really enjoyed about it was um, I just loved the rhythm of um, the songs that the guys played. Um, and they did, they did, you know, um, do a lot of research, I believe, into sort of different sounds that they were they were into, and they, I guess, they got it through jams. Um, I can only comment about the the times I was sort of in the rooms or studios with them whilst the songs were coming together with Malcolm most of the time, because he was like, you know, the concepts guy and the ideas man. And um, when I met him. Um, I had a real education because, unfortunately, I wasn't lucky enough to have a, a father figure in my life. So he was kind of like the authority figure for me, the, the, ma the male, you know, directing me like a director would as opposed to a manager kind of person that didn't really have a lot to do with the band but just got them, you know, shows or whatever and took his 20% commission. So um, I was really fortunate to kind of learn a lot of stuff um, at that age and I never thought of myself as a star <laughs> it's kind of s sort of weird it's a bit weird when you sort of say things like that to, to someone when, when they really don't have any experience because I really didn't and most of the time I remember when I was touring I kind of used to get treated like I was the kid you know um, by a lot of people and that was okay because I was just observing how everybody was so I saw a lot of stuff happen to um you know, to some of the guys in the band, mainly the lead guitar player, I mean, God rest his soul, he passed away in 1995. So it was kind of tricky after he he passed away and, you know, realising that um, when they decided to go off to form a band called Chiefs of Relief, because that was the guitar player's band, apparently, um, and he was the lead singer of that band, uh, they actually, you know, didn't really... They were, they were sort of floundering around not knowing what to do, as I found out after the event from the, the bass player and the, and the drummer, uh, who's based in the UK. So I'm really glad to say that, you know, having not had that, um, you know, having not had that attitude, to my mind, I was just a girl that just loves singing, and I happened to be in a band travelling around to sing to others and... It was always about it was always about the audience for me because every night was different. 
And I mean, I think any great singer realizes that, you know, that connection that you get to share with that group of people Mm -hmm. for that period of time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've seen a few performances where I think the musicians really, really get that. But more importantly, the fans get it, too. You know, if the fans are lucky enough to be in tune with what's happening, it's really a two-part experience that's being shared. It's 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 amazing. You might want to comment on that, Kevin, because you got to see uh, Annabella. You want to tell us about that experience? Well, I saw her a couple uh, years back at the Coach House in uh, 2013 with a, a bill of uh, some other 80s. Uh, acts, including the fix. Or no, I'm sorry. You, uh, Midyear was the headliner that night. I see the fix there all the time too. Uh, but it was an amazing experience, and, and you know, she sounded great and sounded just like no time had passed. And I felt like I was in high school again, and <laughs> and so much energy, and so you thank know, you. Yeah, such a such a clear voice. So oh, it was it was a great experience. I was going to ask you in the early days when you were you know not a star, but doing all these shows, hmm. what was the largest uh, audience you performed in front of? Uh, was that bef- is that before or after we had the hit singles? <laughs> well, sure, at the height of the band. The height of the band. Well, we did a lot of like twenty thousands uh, arena type places, but that but that took a while to build up. It didn't happen overnight. Sure, sure. You know, it wasn't like uh, that program Pop Idol. I mean, we really paid our dues right. and um, did a lot. I did a lot of. I did a lot of. Um, dancing, uh, dancing and singing my way to to you know hopefully getting getting the audiences that we we got. I mean it it wasn't it wasn't always easy because we supported a group called Queen with Freddie Mercury in Europe, and they were die you know hard fans of this heavy metal group effectively, and they were throwing things at us on stage that the that the guys in the band had to get something to cover the drum kit otherwise it would have been smashed up. So we had actually you know we paid our due. I sure. definitely have paid my dues, and I think that. You know, at the end of the day, I think you kind of appreciate things more because of it, um, and it's so not, you know, right to to um, just be able to. I mean, it's not it's not a painted picture. It's not rose-colored spectacles. You know, I think a lot of girls singers. Um, or even guy singers, for that matter, um, you know, need to be made aware of that before they get into the touring lifestyle, as it were, because it's a very, very, it's very exhausting um, when you're out there um, in one place and another, and unfortunately, you don't have all all the time that you think you have on most occasions, because if you're not doing an interview, you know, you're travelling on the bus, and if you're not trying to get you know something quickly to eat and in those days because I used to eat meat before I became you know full-on vegetarian slash turning to vegan now um, I realized McDonald's was the only saving grace I used to love McDonald's because that was like the only place that was always open and you could get a quick bite but now I realize how bad that was uh, for me but I was grateful at the time at being you know a 15 16 year old school you know, teenager and just needing to keep keep my you know keep my energy levels up for the hour show that we used to do did, did your mom travel on the road with you no <clears throat> wow I can't even imagine no she just let you go huh no, she didn't actually. She did try to fight for me to stay. Um, I left home when I was very young, so I left home at 14 and a half, 15, I think, and that was all because of an album cover I did called Dejeuner Celeb, Picnic on the Grass, English um, 
translation and it was based on a very famous painting that you know um, was done by a French painter called Manet, Manet. not oh, Monet but I Manet. I know Manet very well I've seen that painting. Yes. That painting is um, it's in the Musée de d'Orsay right? In it's France? yes yeah. and it's actually the album cover we did is apparently one of the top 100 best album covers of all time which is in the Tate Gallery in London apparently it was voted as so that's kind of a huge huge you know, compliment because I had hell for doing that cover. You had to um, wait a few years to get that compliment, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, you know, because I was nude, and it was because obviously that's in, in the French, um, you know, um, Renaissance was, painters. But more so, she was um, not looking off in the distance. She was looking at the observer of the painting, and they never made eye contact when they were painting their nudes. Mm-hmm. And that was really like, hey, look at me. And that was. That was transformative, and it was very controversial when he painted it as well. Wow. So it was kind of repeating history, but that was Malcolm McLaren's idea too. He was more interested in the basket of fruit, actually, and arranging the, 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 the you know, <laughs> the, the pears and the apples as opposed to, and the cherries as opposed to what how freezing cold I was getting sitting there. But I was, um, you know, it, I mean, when all is said and done, um, I don't have any regrets except for the fact that, you know, unfortunately I hurt... I hurt my mother, who who's now passed away from this earth plane. But I was I was kind of like, you know, I I felt that I'd give I'd you know caused her so much pain because I was a teenager, and at the time when you're that age, well, it's like all of us, you know, you think you know it all, and you think, look, don't tell me what to do. I know what's going on, kind of attitude, like my my twenty year old nephew now. Uh, is and it's like actually darling no you don't there's a lot to learn in life and it doesn't matter if you start off at the age of 12 Mm -hmm. or the age of you know 14 um in my case it was 13 and a half when I auditioned for the band it's like it's life experience that teaches you how to be you know hopefully a better person in your life so do you think do you think you took more risks back then because of the youth or do you think you're taking risks now uh, continuing on with your creativity. Oh, I've taken many risks time and time again over the years. It might just be part of who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I still feel that, you know, I have a I have a few more, um, I guess it's a few more hills, but at the end of the day I'm hoping to, to reach that... Um, you know, oh, like the leprechaun say at the, the you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. That would be nice one of these days, you know, after all the work. After all the work. Let's talk about some of all that work that you've been doing. Cause mm. You've had some really great collaborations. And um, what are you most proud of, you know, as a follow on to your career? I'm really proud of um, getting involved with the, the charity stuff. I have to say, with all due respect to all the people that very kindly asked me to take part, even this fashion show, I understand that there's a percentage going to various charities from this fashion show. So, you know, any time I ever take part in anything to do with raising money for something, um, it's always a real pleasure. The only unfortunate thing is because I'm not signed to a label right now, the stuff I've done in the past was obviously the Bow Wow material, um, the last album, of course, Do You Want to Hold Me? Having that wonderful hit, I Want Candy, which kind of set the tone for the band when we came over to do a lot of the touring that we did over here that really made the mark for, for the band. And um, I, after that, was sort of left to start again in a lot of ways. And I learned the art of songwriting. 
which I found out was a whole different world from just being a singer in a band, which is what a lot of people, you know, used to say. Um, and the art of songwriting, again, doesn't happen overnight. It's like anything that you, you have to learn, like to build a house. You have to take a course or to be a businessman. You have to go to business school. It's it's very um, interesting that a lot, of, a lot of people sort of go, oh, yeah, I just get on TV and I wear a really nice outfit and I shake my tizzy and I'm really famous now and I'm you know, really going to do well. It's actually a, a little bit more than that because there's a lot of pitfalls um, and the biggest pitfall for me was I didn't have anyone around me that was A, a friend, or B, I could trust. That, so that, that makes sense. In those years um, of being in the band and touring, I think there was one lady that kind of became a friend, and she was my um, tutor for five minutes. And she was a jolly ho- hockey sticks kind of gal, and she played hockey, and she was English, and she was teaching me for three hours a day because I had to have a you know have lessons, otherwise it was illegal to have me go out and do shows without all of that. So the point being, it's really important to learn as you go on, but not to take it for granted. Never take anything for granted. Um, but in answering the question again, it's it's been mostly the charity shows, and like I was lucky enough to do a little spot last year in Santa Monica Beach, and I, of course, did the video I Want Candy in Venice Beach many years ago, and I did a song, a couple of songs, an original that I wrote called Sacred Ground, which can be found on my website, AnnabellaLewin.com, and it's called Sacred Ground because it was written with the earth, about the earth and about the earth in mind and obviously everything that's going on now which is about, you know, the world as we know it it's it's in complete chaos, the earth is dying you know, um, the oceans, the animals it's all these different topics that are so deep but it has to be made, you know be be brought into awareness for people because it's it's us that can make the difference, you know so in answer to your question once again it was it's mainly when I get asked to do anything to help raise money for anything I'm always very thrilled to do so it's it's a full circle moment too isn't it Mm, it really is yeah so if you're just tuning in this is real people OC and I'm your host Kimberly Martin um I have with me co-hosting Kevin Stockdale our station manager more I think because he's a fan but (laughs) also because I couldn't do it without him um but uh we have with us Annabella Lewin, the lead singer for Bow Wow Wow. I Want Candy is that um, iconic song that so many of you would remember. I'd say the original Bow Wow Wow. The original Bow Wow Wow. Yeah, we'll be specific about that, won't mm-hmm. we? So, um, but gosh, it's been, it's, I mean, reflecting on your career is so interesting, especially because now you have the insight as an adult mm. versus, you know, what was such an unusual experience to be so young. Pubescent. Yes, I won't say it. You can. <laughs> was pubescent apparently <laughs> but <laughs> but to have been able to use that creativity you know mm. throughout your life you know to create a career really a gift um i'm curious mm. though you know you've talked about maybe having a record label sign you but is it more liberating to creatively to work your music so that you're just putting it out on the web like through venues like cd baby does that give you more creative freedom or are you always mindful of wanting to be picked up by a label if you're a musician well what's the what's what's the new landscape of music and the business of of songs um, good question. Um, from my perspective, after many years of being without a record label deal, um, it's the differences bet- between going on the Grammys or not going on the Grammys, being represented or not being represented, and also having the same, 
you know, the same um, support that you would have as the artists that are obviously always every single time going to be played on the radio or, you know, have the opportunities that one wouldn't get normally. That's the simple answer to that question. Um, you know, although we are artists, you know, we have to survive. And without support, whether it's financial or through word of mouth or fans coming to see shows, which I've done many, and I've had 10 fans at my show before when I played as Bow Wow, um, you know, in, in, in 2000 and whenever it was, three or whatever it was. So, you know, it's like everybody has to... It's like a machine. It's like you have to start the car with the gas and you, obviously without gas you can't go anywhere. Or without, with the hybrid cars, without, was it can canola oil? Is that what they use? <laughs> or something like that. Or, excuse me, is it sunflower oil? And I actually use sunflower oil for cooking, so... But, you know, it's that's a simple answer. It's It's, it's a very... It's a machine, and now it's become so much more of a business, and I've noticed a huge change in the industry with the way they set things up with certain artists and acts. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, yes, you can try to sell songs on CD Baby for 99 cents a download. You know, you need to be able to have the support and word of mouth. And as I said earlier on, you know, fans are what pay our bills effectively. I mean, that's the bottom line and that's the difference. But I'm, I'm hoping I'm not sounding too... I'm just being completely honest about the business of music now. It really is a business. It really is a business. Well, and I think that's why I asked the question, because I kind of wanted to understand if the fact that the Internet has been such a great landscape to buy music, mm. if that frees you up creatively or not, because you don't have to be beholden to a big record label. But what you're saying is it's really a double-edged sword. Mm. You need a little bit of both to make mm. it as a... As you don't a, have to be signed to a major. I was signed to a major, um, RCA, Um but at the end of the day, I was also signed to a subsidiary. Um, unlike most people, I seem to be working myself down the ladder as opposed to up a bit. There's a whole new generation of fans out there that I would love to meet and at my shows and come see me because, you know, that's what I was doing when I was a teenager. I was taping off the radio, which is why I sang a song called C30C, 60C, 90 Go. And, you know, Malcolm McLaren had the concept for that song. And it was wonderful to be able to actually sing about something I was doing anyway before I even met him or even, you know, had any inkling of what, who, why, when and how, you know. So, I mean, I want to be able to meet the people that, you know, can come up to me and tell me, because it gives me ideas constantly for songs when I go in to write stuff. I love writing songs. Let's talk about some of the songs. Tell me um, tell me what you're working on now and what you've just put out on CD. Baby. Well, I've had a, a couple of songs out on CD, Baby. A video will also be done. Uh, which I haven't done for the oh long, longest time. Jesus, they're making you do a music video. Oh my God, it's going to be so wonderful. I don't know. I mean, I don't even want any of my old boyfriends to see the way I look now. I can't oh. even imagine a music video happening in my life. That'd be crazy. No, it's, no. It's, 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 it's the way they do it now on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is all the rage and that's how the young people, or I call them young people, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> any of my 40s, it's not like I'm 75 years of age, you know. I mean, this is part of the problem that, that was... Uh, being created before you know because I was a group a girl singer from the 80s everyone assumed I was like you know walking around with a Zimmer frame now or something <laughs> but that's not me folks 
<laughs> the musicians were all older than me, but not me. Um, I have to say the video thing is very important I, from what I understand from talking to, again, business people. But, you know, at the end of the day, what's how, you know, that's that's what that guy did. Video killed the radio star, it said. But right. in fact, it made them too. And radio was obviously so important because the kids need to hear the, the songs, not just what is being rotated time and time again or being asked to be played by the major labels. And I know there's probably something I'm not aware of which you can possibly share with me in private, but I'm I'm still kind of trying to work out how people get a good, um, you know, graphic, demogra- demographics. Right. I mean, and if you don't hear it, it's like if, if you're not made aware of a, si- a situation or a problem or a cause, like the charity stuff, like the Sugar Rush, you know, show we're doing on Saturday right? or I'm doing some songs, then it's really about... Um, you know, making it be, be, being being made aware of it. So if you're just tuning in with us, um, I'm your host for Real People at OC. I'm Kimberly Martin, and I have with us uh, Kevin Stockdale from KUCI. We are talking to Annabella Lewin, and she is performing uh, Saturday night on February 28th at Lexus of Newport. If you're interested, you can go find out more about that at ocfashionweek.com. That performance is starting at 6 o'clock, so that's an early one. Um, but uh, Fashion Week is featuring so many different designers throughout the week, and one of the things that's interesting is each one of the creative people involved in the process for the week um, has a charity that they're focused on and that they're raising money for. And um, Annabella has certainly shared with us her interest in that as well. But... Um, one of the reasons why I'm featuring Fashion Week is many of the events are open to the public. So I want to make sure, well, I want to make sure you know that. So um, it's important uh, to get out there and see some of the creative talent we have here in Orange County. And uh, what a great opportunity that uh, Fashion Week provides. So um, back to your creative. So tell me about the um, the songs, the names of the songs and what you were thinking about when you wrote them. Well, you asked me about my CD Baby songs. Well, I wrote um, all of them. But the ones that um, I released was uh, L-O-V-E, and um, that was actually co- a collaboration with a wonderful, wonderful um, singer himself, uh, Louis Louis. And if Louis Louis hears this, please get in touch, um, <laughs> because he was in Vegas the last I heard. But um, that was a wonderful collaboration. And also there's another song called White Smoke, Blue Smoke, which is actually, you know, um, well, just let, you know, let people hear for themselves. And then the last one um, was uh, Tell It Like It Is. Oh, very good. Let's reflect for a minute. What kind of an artist are you now? I don't know what kind of artist do I look like. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of artist do I look like now? (laughs) What would you say? Um, Certainly more enlightened and aware of the fuller spectrum of being human and how important that probably is uh, to put that in your work is what I would guess. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm half Burmese, half English, so I guess it's caught up with me finally, my religious, you know, beliefs. And my father and mother have both passed away, so it kind of became even more, um, you know, resonated with me. 
more after the two sides of my life departed on this, you know, from this world. And I kind of felt kind of at the end of the day, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? I mean, I could be getting paid 150000 whatever a year, you know, if I really wanted to. But then it kind of struck me, well, why would I want to do that? This has been my whole life. And music has was my first love and my first passion. So, you know, I have kind of got, I feel like I've kind of gone around um, again in another life. It's It was like the girl I was then has not necessarily grown up because there is still a little bit of a girl in 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 this body that you see before you but i i really i really love people and if it wasn't for the singing and and being able to write now which i have definitely grown into it's taken a long time you know i started writing when i was 17 and i'm in my 40s now and i haven't done it solidly you know, you said what's happened in the last 30 years initially in this interview, and I'm like, well, that's a kind of how long's a piece of string? Because I've been also fortunate to experience different lives within this one lifetime and different life experiences. And it's taught me a lot, a lot of things, which is never take anything for granted. You know, we are here to support and love one another, and we have to try to be the best of our mother and our father and really appreciate if we're able to change things and we're able-bodied, really appreciate that. And, you know, don't... Um don't think you're something, you know, you're not you're not better or worse than anybody and those of, you know, those people who are going through deep depression and thinking what's the point of my life, you know, really look around at the world that we live, you know, you live in because there is so much beauty in the world, but unfortunately, um it's because of mankind, unfortunately, or womankind, or wh whichever terminology you would like to phrase it. It's it's become difficult and ugly, and unfortunately, very, very, um, you know, heavy uh, with anger and stuff like that. And we need to we need to to start trying to vibrate at the right level with the energy vibrations. We need to pull it up. Those of us that are conscious and on, you know, on a spiritual path, we need to try and address that issue because as I said earlier the earth is dying and although we're lucky to be able to still go to a supermarket and buy food and it's just off the shelf so you don't think about the pain and the torture that the animals go through um, or anything else that goes on in the world it's really about understanding the whys and wherefores of everything and it's it's about every individual you know, coming to terms with that because there may not be a world one day where we, we're going to be fortunate enough to live on. And already people are preparing for going, going to other planets from what I've gathered and paying billions to reserve a seat on the next Richard Branson space shuttle or whatever it is he's <laughs> built in the Mojave Desert, which I was fortunate enough to go to last year because oh, I'm in a movie. Very nice. I've done a little cameo kind of role in a movie called Entertainment, which is out this year. Um, so it's kind of really interesting that, you know, again, it's about life experiences. I may be a singer-songwriter but and performer, but I'm also aware of, you know, what that all entails. But I can think of no better medium with which to express a lot of those sentiments that you have through um, your spirituality yeah. than the ones that, um, that you just shared. Um, are you finding that weaving more and more into your work, the, the sounds of your spirituality? I've been doing it for a long time. It's just that people haven't heard it, and I still continue. It's just, you know, again, it's just where your life leads you. We all, we all evolve, hopefully, and we all um, become 
better human beings because of our life experiences and what what we what we go through. And someone said to me, it's very important to remember. It's not about feeling sorry for yourself or the me me me. No matter what your situation is. I mean, people in Cuba and places like that of, who are very very poor and in shanty towns in India, somehow they always seem to find some kind of joy in their existence and it's easier said than done of course and you know I'm not an authority on any of this by any means but as I said it's just about an individual looking around so um, I want to reflect on a performance you did last week here in Newport can you tell us a little bit about that Newport Beach yes I was working with the with the reflex boys and that was good fun. I really enjoyed that. Tell me about that. What is that about? Well, we were doing a show at the Lido Live, which is an awesome club. Um, and I loved um, loved going there because it was um, well attended, but it was also a lovely old, it was a lovely club. And I think they've refurbished it because it, Smokey Robinson, I know, had played there. And the owner of the club was giving us some background of, of everything. And I just think it's a great venue to have bands play. It really is. So, so what is it like playing with some of the bands that you played with many, many years ago now that you're all grown and uh, living lives as adults? Sorry, I don't. Who, well, like bands? your contem- contemporaries, you're all playing from the 80s. And, oh. um they're playing you together. It's kind of nice because yeah. you don't get a chance. To, in, back in those days, we never got a chance to, to speak to each other, let right. alone because we're too we were so busy going from one thing to another. So you know that was the nice thing um, to be able to like you know mid year I supported him in January two thousand thirteen. I actually was very grateful to have met Midge because back in the day, of course, he did Live Aid and Band Aid with with Rob. You know. Um, so the guy from the Boomtown Rats, Bob Geldof, Sir Bob Geldof, I believe his name is now. That's correct. Yeah. Thank you for that. Suddenly had a moment. A moment. A moment. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was really about, um, sorry, I've forgotten the question. Well, we were talking about the reflex and in, in performing with the 80s bands. and Because right. um, they're trying to create that experience so that people can go and be yeah. entertained by, you know, the the people that they'll be doing us more we shows. Yeah, they'll be doing more shows there, I believe, with um, other guest singers, and they're sort of doing covers, but they also want guest singers to come along so that they can have um, more of a show for the fans, which I think is an, a great idea. Um, hopefully, it will be at the Lido Live again because I I thought it was it was really good fun, and the audience were lovely. You loved it. Mm. Well, so we're drawing down on our time, okay. and I am. I love hearing how, like, I, I know this as a as a woman in, you know, in her 40s as well, mm. how I like letting my life impact me and the choices that I make. And I love, mm. um, I love hearing that for you too, because creatively you get to impact so many more people than I do. I'm, right now I'm just really focused on trying to make an impact on my children. But, um, but, but, and that's a huge responsibility, obviously, anybody who's a parent mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. But um, tell me tell me what your goals are to in terms of impacting people cr- through your creativity. I'd like to know. Well, I, I don't have a, a set goal. It's just, you know, I do what I do, and hopefully I'm, I'm 
as I say, I, hopefully I'm bringing some kind of awareness and opening up some meridian channels through my singing on stage. I've been told that, you know, they felt all sorts of things when I'm on stage. My fans that come up to me, usually after a show, to ask me for an autograph, which is always nice to meet all the fans and hear some feedback. I love to hear feedback, especially on my Facebook site. It's not the one with the mohawk. It's the other two with the purple haze, like... Jimi Hendrix and Purple Haze around me and there's one with a yellow face, my open mouth. Wait, does somebody else have a Facebook of you up? That yeah, there's lots of names under my name. I don't know who those people are. So which is the one you want I have absolutely no idea who the hell those people are, but get away. Because <laughs> um, that's just not me. The Mohawk is, you know, something I did when I was a teenager. But um, I have a couple no. of Facebook sites. You can find them from AnnabellaLewin.com, my oh. website. Okay. And I'll have another one up, actually, very shortly in the next, probably in the next month or so, um, Annabella of the original Bow Wow Wow, because, um, you know, people need to be brought to my page, which they were not allowed to, apparently, last year or the year before. Yep. All right. Well, so, Annabella, I can't wait to see you on Saturday night. I'm so excited, and more importantly, I'm so excited I got to share a ride with you up to the studio. Oh, my gosh. We had a blast. Yes, it was lovely, (laughs) and I'm so grateful to have um, been here to talk about Sugar Rush on Saturday the 28th at Newport Lexus. That's right. And uh, it starts at at 6 o'clock, so Mm. if you don't get there early, guys, you'll miss me, and I don't want to miss you. So, So, yeah, check that out at um, um, (laughs) ocfashionweek.com. Yes. All right. Well, listen, thank you, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.